about you guys, but I got waiver wire fever. I should get that checked out. Priest? Yeah, no, that sounds bad. You should uh, you should go to the doctor. Is this something that you got at the wedding? <laughs> First shot of whiskey, I get waiver wire fever. Uh, I, you know, we did the show yesterday, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't know that there was that much that we missed from over the weekend. That we, guys, we really needed to pick up. We weren't that active on waiver wires. I feel very different now. I, and I'm sure Heath, you wrote the waiver wire column this morning. It must have been a, a a ball of fun. It wasn't at all, actually. Why? No, not the word I would use. I don't necessarily feel the same way that you do. There are some guys I think need to be added. I just don't necessarily feel excited about what I'm going to do with them once they're on my roster. It's a couple of guys that are more, okay, we got to just go ahead and add him so nobody else does. And then there are a couple of guys with the same first name that are kind of interesting. Oh, let's see. Brandon Nimmo and nope. Brandon Ingram. No. Oh, okay. So Austin Meadows and Austin nope. Nope. Texas. Mad Max's. Austin Bieben's Dirks. Max, Max Muncy and Max Scherzer. Yeah, who nope. do you like better? No, you can't add Max Scherzer. He's already I owned. I think you could. Oh, Max Stassi. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, Brian McCann on the DL. Okay, okay. Um, well, let's, let's get, uh. Hey, don't show too much excitement over the guys that I want to add, Adam. Those are deep league guys. Hey, Max, I, I'm, I, Max I mean, Stassi needs to be added to any two catcher league. Does he though? Crushing the ball. Okay. I honestly don't even think I noticed that. He's got over a 500 slugging percentage, 40% hard contact rate. He's been better than Brian McCann this year. Should we just start with the Addo meter? Whatever. Just because you wanted to say Adam meter. <laughs> You're the, an Adam meter. The Addo meter. Austin Meadows said as to Meadows by Don, what's his name? Don Pardo or something? The SNL yes. guy? Yeah. Uh, Austin Meadows is 71%. Oh, this was the guy I was super pumped to add. I couldn't believe he was available in so many of my leagues. And I picked him up in two leagues. And he batted second against the lefty. Corey Dickerson and Gregory Polanco both sat against the lefty. But Meadows is, uh, their bet, their second best hitting outfielder right now. Well, I guess technically he's their best, but we, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, 71% owned. Should it be closer to 100? Austin Meadows. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I still don't entirely trust the skill set. We talked about it yesterday, so I don't need to belabor the point, but the production for three years at AAA was so mediocre that it's just, it's hard for me to buy it. Maybe that's my own issue. Maybe I need to get over it, but. Put that on a list. <laughs> what? Excuse me? Okay, so, I. I do think he should be owned in more than 71% of leagues. I'm not sure it should be closer to 100 than 71, because that would mean he should be more than 86% owned, and that seems a little high. All right, I'll give you names, and you give me 0 to 10 on the add meter, which is, I see this guy on waivers. This is how excited I am to pick him up. Why don't we just recalibrate it so that each number is a percent? What? Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So and a 10 would be 100% yes, owned? I thought that was pretty obvious. 9 would be 90% owned? So it's not how much we want to add him. It's how owned he should be. Yes. Okay. So it should I, be I like the onometer. Right. Yeah, the onometer, the onometer. Okay, Ben Zobrist, 24% owned. 5, 4, 
Okay, so he should be 40 to 50% owned. Jamer Candelario is 55% owned. He homered again. Seven. Six. Brandon Nimmo, 34% owned. He stole two bases and doubled, and he keeps on scoring runs. Five. Six. All right, so Candelario and Nimmo in the 50 to 70% range. That's where they should be. Nimmo's only owned in 34% of leagues. How about a guy, a big-time prospect? Well, recently anyway. Not who's, really. <laughs> yeah, recently, just this year. Who has struggled a bit, but now he's homered in two straight games. He's Fran Mill Reyes. He's 24% owned. Two. Three. Really? We're not getting that excited about Reyes. Not yet. Yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure the skills are there. Like, I, there are interesting tools, but I'm not sure the playing time is there, and I'm not sure that the skills are there. Okay, that's Framil Reyes. Max Muncie, 10% owned for the Dodgers. He led off yesterday. He is first base, third base, and outfield eligible. They might give him some time at second base. Max Muncie, 10% owned. Two. Bob. Five. Ooh. Go on. Like what he is doing. There's first off, there's opportunity in Los Angeles. Like they've played him in a lot of different places. There's plenty of places to play him. They do not have a ton of great hitters in their lineup. And right now, it may not last a long time, but he is one of their best. The hard contact is elite. The soft contact is almost non-existent. It may not last a long time, but for a guy that's first, third, and outfield eligible, I have a hard time believing that there isn't one of the 12 teams in your standard Roto League that could start Max Muncy next week. Again, 10% owned Muncy, and he uh, let off yesterday. He has batted second in two of the previous three games. So he's been basically at the top of the order for I think uh, 10, they, 10, 11 they've days. completely swap their order around depending on right or left-handed pitchers. I believe he is going to be a top-of-the-order hitter against righties. Against lefties, though, he's been in the lineup a couple of times when they've taken their other left-handed hitters out. So, oh, Okay, you know what? I am looking, though. He has sat against each of the last two lefties. Um, so they haven't faced... Uh, they faced some. He's been in. He's been out against lefties, Max Buncey. That's something to keep in mind, but he's 10% owned. And he thinks he should be closer to 50% owned. Uh, all right, Mark Reynolds. Mark Mark Reynolds, 417 with six home runs in 12 games for the Nationals. Two. Two. Ronald Guzman for the Rangers. Two. Two. Daniel Palka for the White Sox. One. Yeah. Okay. So Muncy, Nimmo... They're moving the needle. I I don't think Zobrist is a good like weekly lineup guy, but when he plays, he usually leads off for the Cubs. And I've got him in a couple of da- well, I've dropped him in one, but I've got I had him in a couple of daily lineup leagues. I don't mind Zobrist there, especially if it's an OBP league. I mean, the guy's got uh, 19 walks, 17 strikeouts. So oh, Zobrist 24 percent owned. All right, how about some pitchers? Daniel Duffy. Uh, two, I guess, encouraging starts in a row. One for sure. Last night, four walks, four strikeouts, whatever. Uh, Danny Duffy, 52% on two-star pitcher next week. The, I'm going to kind of make the Scott White argument, and I did it a little bit in today's waiver wire column. Danny Duffy's last two starts doesn't really look like he's figured things out, but he's given you 13 and two-thirds innings with two earned runs. He's a guy that was universally drafted and has like a 3-5 ERA over the last four years. So I think it's probably an eight. 
So a lot of that is name value, but after two starts like that, I don't think he's going to be available much longer. Plus, with the two starts coming up this week, you can afford add him, start him next week. If he turns back into a pumpkin or his results do, then you can let him go. But he needs to be owned right now. Yeah, I'm just worried about Duffy. I was trying to watch the game last night to see if he had his slider, and I saw mostly I mostly fastballs. He didn't. Yeah, throw. he's uh, last two starts, and I didn't look specifically at last night the numbers yet, but I did watch some of it. And the start before, especially, he's gone more fastball heavy. I think he's just trying to figure the slider out right now, mm-hmm. and so he's staying away from it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in a points league, I think Duffy could be an easy start next week at the Angels and at Oakland. In a roto league, if he turns into a pumpkin once, he might turn into a pumpkin twice or remain a pumpkin. And I, I'd be a little nervous, but I think I'm probably going to start him next week. Uh, so Heath's all about adding Daniel Duffy. I don't know why I keep calling him that. Kyle Gibson. Chris, this has been a guy that you were not like super high on, but you always, yeah, he's, he's not bad. He's not bad. And yeah, he was very good last night. Seven scoreless innings with eight strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes at the Royals, 44% owned. Where is Kyle Gibson on the ad-o-meter? I would rather have him than Danny Duffy. So I will say eight. I will put him in as an eight with Duffy as well. Okay. He's a one-star pitcher next week. He'll have the Angels at home. Two-star pitcher this week. I'm surprised that Gibson is only 44% owned given that he's a two-star pitcher this week. Like, people people preferred Adam Plutko. More ownership for him than than Gibson. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's entirely just like Plutko had the high-profile one, the, the no-hitter bid, right? And he's like a new thing. Yeah, he is six. Well, I don't know if it's no hitter, but six scoreless innings last week at the Cubs. He actually had yeah, two pretty good Yeah, I think he had starts. like no hits through five or something in that one. Okay. And then how but, about yeah? I mean, oh, go ahead. You you go back to the last seven starts. Kyle Gibson's been really good, but going back to the the All Star break last season, it's you know a, a three like six five ERA with about a strikeout per inning. He's been good. I think what I struggle with with Gibson is I was happy to pick him up for the two starts. He has this great start against the Royals, which isn't surprising at all. What is he? Is he a guy we keep, or are you okay dumping him for the next flavor of the week? I'll probably try to keep him. Yeah. Okay. Nick Kingham, forty-one percent owned, five and two thirds, eight hits, three runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Not a great start. Not a terrible start against the Cubs. Nick Kingham on the Addo meter. Uh, six. It's a question of whether six. he stays in the rotation. Um, if he does, I I think it's an eight. Right. right. So I'd go ahead and add him. He he is uh starting because Ivan Nova is on the DL, and that could be a minimum thing. But and by the way, let me let me let me go uh, add one more here. How about Tyler Glass now? Is he Josh Hader light? Um. He's looked like it lately, but he's been great lately. It can't. I don't think it can be more than a three or a four on the onometer. Uh, onometer, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably not a bad thing to call him as Josh Hader light because that doesn't mean he's as good as Josh Hader. It means he's like light beer. Right, which I'm sure is not as good. Exactly. As <laughs> as Johnny Walker Black. All right, that's good stuff. Thank you for your uh, for your onometer um, reports there. Let's get into Tuesday's standouts. Who stood out to you, Heath? Huh. What is this segment? 
this is this is where he turns into uh, Scott White. This is Tuesday standouts. Who stood out to you? Um, well, we already talked about Danny Duffy, so I'll say Zach Godley with a nice bounce back performance against the Cincinnati Reds. Got off to a little bit of a rough start, gave up a run in the first, but settled down after that. And this isn't a great lineup, but it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, nice start for him. Seven strikeouts over six innings, two runs for Godley on my bench. <laughs> two, two starts next week for Godley at San Francisco at Colorado. Dun, dun, dun. How you feeling about Godley next week? I probably wouldn't start him at Colorado. That'd be hard to do. But it's one of two starts. It's at San Fran and at Colorado. I, I would still prefer not to. I wouldn't I mind in a points league. I think he can sure. pull off a zero at Colorado, and so he's just one start at San Francisco. That's, that's fine. I mean, that's the thing is that the question's always different in points league, and the answers usually start a two-star guy in, in a points league. Do we have to look at, at Colorado and whether or not it's at, you know how pitchers are doing in Colorado? Uh, I haven't really dug into it that much, but I do know their lineup. It's not very good, as we've outlined. No, but I think they're still scoring runs in Colorado. I I, you know, I don't think that's the issue for them. Yeah. I can look it up, though. I'm, I'm sure they are. I know Story's been amazing, and last night they went off. Okay, uh, Chris, do you have a standout from Tuesday's games? Should we just talk about all the injuries? How about injuries as a standout? There were like four starting pitchers who left games with injuries yesterday. And one of them That's who probably another segment was Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We will get into injuries, news, and notes in a second. You're talking about Syndergaard, Maeda, uh, Samarja, and Stephen Matz. Liriano's on the DL. So yeah, kind of a bummer. Although good news for Carlos Rodon, Irvin Santana's making progress. Madison Bumgarner will be back next week. Let me ask you this. Two pitchers yesterday had very good starts. Are they still sell-high candidates? Jake Arietta and John Lester. Arietta and Lester, are they still sell-high candidates? I think yes. I think they probably are. I agree. All right. Um, in talk, fact, so you can what, sell what, higher now. What would you want for them, and what do you expect from Arietta and Lester going forward? I think... They will both probably be something like high threes ERA guys, so they won't be useless. I'm not saying sell them for anything, but I think they have name value. They have, you know, pretty ERAs right now. If I could move them for, you know, a legit top twenty guy, I would do that. Who do you like better, Arietta or Lester? Arietta. By the way, I tried to trade Lester for McCutcheon last week after last week's podcast. I could not get it done. Yeah, I just is that really what you want to get for Lester? I mean, he's got a two seventy one ERA. Do you think McCutcheon is is that good that you well, I, that's, I, we don't nobody thinks that Lester's a two seventy one ERA pitcher. I don't know about that. Nobody on this podcast does. Well, nobody I tried to trade him for McCutcheon for either. And that was not somebody on this podcast. Um I yes, I think McCutcheon's going to be a top twenty five outfielder. Uh he is everything that I look at with McCutcheon says that he is good. So I'm not I'm not going to worry about a little bit of bad luck for him, and I'm not going to let good luck from Lester. Like, that's what I wrote about last week. Aim high with John Lester, but once you realize that nobody else is going to give you top 20 starting pitcher value, I think you should probably accept anything inside a top 35. Okay. Adam. Yes, sir. I, I have another standout, if you Ooh, want. Ooh, yes, please. Uh, and it's not a good one. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Tommy Pham. Yes, slumping. I think it's. I don't know if we've talked much about it, but I do think it's 
time to get worried. He went hitless again with two strikeouts yesterday. That gives him 27 strikeouts in his last 15 starts. And this now is, this is like right after I was just completely sure that Tommy Pham was really good because before this slump he was playing great. Right, and I I'm I don't believe his physical abilities have diminished. He's still you know hitting the ball pretty hard. I I think it's just the concern with him is always going to be whether those vision issues come back. And I haven't seen anything on it, um, but he struck out 40% of the time over a 15-game stretch now. I think it has to be a concern. It's going to be it's going to be tough to trust him, uh, given that we know those issues. And I, I don't I don't know what whether that's the answer. I, I want to be clear. Like we we just don't know. But it's always going to be in the back of my mind when he goes through a stretch like this. This is more than just a slump. This is, you know, forty percent strikeout rate. That's that's a sign that a hitter's lost. Okay, so let's – yeah, that's like – that's Stanton-esque, uh, even worse. Let's talk about what's coming up on today's show. It is Wednesday, so we've got the Worryometer with uh, one of Tommy Pham's teammates on there. It is Wednesday, so we've got to grade the trade. And I'm reusing Teach Me How to Dougie oh. because uh, I had a malfunction last week with the iPad. So – he says teach here. See? See, that's why we use it. Okay, so there's that. Did you guys up. ever learn how to Dougie? No. But no. It, I think it was okay. played no. at the wedding. That was, that was <laughs> just after the point in my life when I may have spent any amount of time learning how to do any kind of coordinated dance. And then coming up later in the show, in what I promise will not just be a trade veto segment, the regulators are coming back. We got some good stuff today. We got a lot of fantasy regulators. If you want your league dispute regulated, just send an email to fantasybaseball at cbsi.com and put fantasy regulators in the subject line. Fantasy regulators has to be in the subject line. That is the most important thing in the world right now. Fantasy regulators in the subject line. News and notes. Noah Syndergaard is on the DL with a strained index finger. It might be short term. But it's Noah Syndergaard, and it's the Mets, and tough day for the Mets. Really tough day for the Mets. Shouldn't have lost that game. Kenta Maeda left with a hip strain. He said it was bothering him in his previous start. Not sure how serious this is. Doesn't seem too serious, but Maeda left. Uh, Steven Matz left with finger discomfort. And again, don't know the severity there. Francisco Liriano on the deal with a hamstring injury. Shohei Otani's going to start today at Detroit. Madison Bumgarner expected to return on Tuesday. Jeff Samarja left with shoulder tightness. I mentioned this earlier, but Corey Dickerson and Gregory Polanco were both out of the lineup against the lefty, with Austin Meadows and Sean Rodriguez in the lineup. Will Myers has continued baseball activity. Chris Davis will be back on Thursday. D. Gordon should be back on Thursday. Adrian Beltre is getting close to a return. Hey, Adam Eaton's making progress. Right? Am I the only one who had forgotten Will Myers was a thing? He's just been, like, he played, like, one game this season? No, he played more than that. I, I traded I him the day before he got injured, so that always feels good. It just, I, tell it me feels like, it. it feels like we've gotten no, <laughs> it feels like we've gotten no updates before this, and, it's true. like, he, yeah, he, okay, he played 10 games. Yeah, yeah see? Shows what I know. One. So, yeah, Adam Eaton's making progress, and whatever. Miguel Cabrera is close to returning. Could be within the next few days. Josh Donaldson is still day-to-day. 
Zach Britton's going to begin a rehab assignment soon. How much confidence do you have in Zach Britton to pitch well? One. Four. Uh, okay. Brian McCann's on the DL with knee soreness. We know that. Cleveland is denying a story that says Jose Ramirez is going to be suspended 80 games for violating the drug policy, the PED policy. And, of course, he went out and had a home run in the first at-bat of the game. Yep. So, <laughs> he's fine. And Mookie Betts is expected to miss today's game. Uh, but he should be back pretty soon with the oblique. Or the side. I shouldn't say he should be back pretty soon. All I'm saying is they seem to be downplaying Mookie Betts' injury. And they don't need him. Uh, so... The Jose Ramirez thing is there. Do we need to say anything about it? Do we need to give no. the Jose? Okay. Then we will. Then no, don't, it doesn't do seem anything. like the, the 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 Indians GM came out and said he spoke with Major League Baseball and there's no truth to it. So, right. By the way, Zach Britton is 57 percent owned. So seems a little high. Yeah, Nate Jones is like 30. Yeah, the last time Jones pitched, it was not in a save situation, I believe. Can we confirm that, anybody? Was the last time that Britain pitched in a safe situation? Probably. Eh, I think he'd lost the job before he got hurt, right? Well, he was hurt. I don't remember, honestly. We just use that excuse, Chris, whenever we want to. So I'm looking at, at Zach Britton's game log. He was hurt. He, he got two saves in his last three appearances. So A year and a half ago? Se- a year ago. September. September. Uh, who cares? All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on here. Where do we got? I think it's time. I think we can grade some trades. Grade the trade part one. We also have some hay real quick coming up, and uh, actually fun show today. I think so. Let's let's Dougie, and let's grade some trades. And here we go from John. John is in a dynasty league. Grade the trade. Hey, give give up Noah Cindergard. He's on a three year contract. Get David Price. On a two-year contract, Jack Flaherty on a one-year contract, and Javier Baez as many years as I want on a contract. So indefinite Javi Baez. So you give up Cindergard for Price, Flaherty, and Baez with some contract de- details there. C minus. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, what? Well, yeah. What is C. what is the outlook uh, for Flaherty? Like, how good do you think he could be? Not as good as Cindergard. No, not at all. Um, but I'm not sure David Price has much value in this format. Like Javi Baez, I think, is a is a fine player, but I, I think we're seeing that the the breakout that we saw in April may not have been the result of an increase, a giant increase in skill set. I think Jack Flaherty's pretty good. Could Jack uh, Flaherty be as good as Carlos Martinez? No, probably not. Okay, he could, but it's unlikely. This is from Eric from Union, Illinois. Grade the trade, Vince, Turtle, and E. I, I No, I just don't like that show. 12-team head-to-head categories league. 12 categories. Give up Blake Snell. Get Nelson Cruz. C-. minus. Yeah. Okay. From Wes in Chico, California. Grade the trade. 10-team head-to-head categories league. Give up Glaber Torres and Matt Adams. Get Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Glaber Torres and Matt Adams, who's actually been been all right lately, and Paul for Paul, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. B. Okay. From Jared, we went to Jared. Grade the trade. Give up Ronald Acuna and Sean Newcomb. Braves hater. Give up Acuna and Newcomb. Get 
Severino. C plus. B minus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is great. The trade. Do, do, do we one. have? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was dugging. You were not dugging. Yeah, hey. we, we have uh, two minutes. Two minutes for the most fun game in the history of the podcast. Absolutely. A special Will Myers edition. <laughs> okay. All of these players have more plate appearances than Will and Will Myers this year. Let's see if Adam knows who they are and who they play for. Okay. Just Adam? <laughs> or we can have Chris can Chris can guess as well. Um let's go with uh Renato Nunez. The Marlins. Yeah, the Marlins. That's it. That's that's incorrect. He plays for the Rangers. He has a home run this year. <laughs> okay. Um Ryan Lamar. The Marlins. No, Ryan Lamar is on the Rangers. <laughs> Ryan Lamar is a Minnesota twin, has 42 plate appearances this year. Um, How many of these are you going to do? I predict I will get one out of every five. One out of every five. These guys have all played, all have at least 40 plate appearances this year. Yadiel Rivera. The Marlins. Oh, no. Yadiel Rivera is on the Rangers, I believe. (laughs) He's actually on the Marlins. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the Marlins. So Chris has one. Uh, Andrew Rowine. Oh, he's on Detroit. Pirates. Detroit. He he used to play for Detroit. He is now on the Mariners. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is the most fun game ever. All right, this Yairo is the fifth. Munez. Will I get who? Y-A-I-R-O. Yairo, I guess. Munoz. Moon, it's pronounced Yiro. Yiro. Uh, he's on. Gyro? He's on the uh, Tigers. Marlins. He is on the St. Louis Cardinals. 0 for 5, Adam. <laughs> Alright, alright, last one. That was five. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, that was great. Um, so that was embarrassing. I'm, <laughs> now, now I'm gonna tell you guys something that is pretty awesome. Okay, I'm gonna make up for it by telling you about forhims.com slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FBT. This is a way to prevent hair loss, guys. This is a way to deal with it. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. you got to keep what you have. It's easier to keep what you have than to replace the hair you've lost. So if you go to forhims.com slash FBT, there's really just an outstanding offer. And what we're getting for you here at forhims.com are generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that will help you keep your hair. We're not talking about, you know, shady snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are, like I said, gener- well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions. Uh, you don't have to wait in a waiting room. There are no awkward doctor's visits. This is going to save you hours if you go to forhims.com slash FBT. So, look, if you need some help with the hairline, just go to that website, forhims.com slash FBT, and you are going to get a trial month of hymns for just $5 when when you sign up, and this is while supplies last, so get on it now. You can see the website for full details. Ordinarily, this is going to cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. But get a trial month for $5 to help you keep your hair. Forhims.com slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FBT. By the way, it's not just hair loss on the website. It's also it's a one-stop shop for men for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness. Forhims.com slash FBT. Hey, real quick. Giancarlo Stanton or J.D. Martinez rest of season? 
Martinez. Hmm. Push. That's not an answer, Chris. Oh, yeah, it's definitely an answer. No, that's a terrible I, answer. I think it's like I, I think they're two of the best hitters in baseball. I guess JD Martinez has more batting average floor. They play in similar lineups, so I'll, I'll sure I could be talked into JD Martinez. Well, you know, think about Martinez. Last year, he hit forty. What did he hit last year? Forty-five home runs in one hundred nineteen games, and obviously, you know, we didn't expect him to hit sixty, but he's on pace for fifty home runs right now. Uh, and it, yeah, he's batting 323, which is high for him, but he's 300 hitter. Stanton is the number 29 outfielder in points, number 25 in Roto right now. He's very, he's just very frustrating. He's three for his last 24, but did have an 872 OPS before that. This hasn't really been real quick, but interesting stuff here from Stanton and JD Martinez. All right, uh, different positions here. And by the way, I, I recommend you read the column that Heath wrote. Chris probably proofread it, which is the only reason why I'm, I'm mentioning it. Uh, it was uh, about his early season breakouts and the guys who haven't quite broken out yet. Bregman was on that list. Alex Bregman or Michael Brantley, real quick. I'll take Bregman, but I love both. Bregman. Okay, Brantley, man. Since coming off the DL on April 6th, he's the number six out six outfielder in both points and roto. Uh, but he, you still think that it has basically the breakout has started for Bregman, right? Yes, and I said in the article that I probably should have just expected he was going to be awful for the first month of the year, and then he was going to break out. That would have seemed really smart if I would have predicted that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you didn't. Now, uh, how about this? Hey, real quick. A. Eugenio Suarez, who homered yesterday and is batting two ninety four with 10 home runs. A. Eugenio Suarez or Mike Moustakas? That's pretty close to a push, but I'll take Moose. I'll take Suarez. All right. Moose is cold lately. Last month or so. Let's see, let's see how Moose has done in May. April was bonanza for him. 296 with eight home runs. May for Mike Mustak is 247 with three home runs. Just a little bit of a slump here. Yeah. And I think like when he gets traded to the Yankees because they can't suffer through what Didi is doing to them and need to play Torres at short. Um, I think he'll get a little power boost there. So you're going to say Mustak is short. Yeah. So Torres plays short. Who plays second? Neil Walker, and then Andu Harsitz. This is the yeah. scenario? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or Moustakas can play second. He's very fleet of foot. Oh, not, not happening. <laughs> they don't have a first baseman either. He can play there. You shift a lot. They don't have a first baseman. I love it. Greg Bird's played four games in a row. Batted third yesterday. Doubled. Struck out three times, whatever. One was a bad call. All right, bullpen news. So Ken Giles was probably unavailable. This would have been three days in a row. So Chris Davinsky came in and he blew a save in very Yankee Stadium fashion. Brett Gardner with a pretty pathetic home run, but a home run nonetheless. But Davinsky's had a great year. Giles did start warming up in extra innings, but I think they were just trying to avoid him. Yeah, I mean, I think Peacock pitched after Davinsky came out of the game, right? Yes, yes. They probably wanted a little bit of length. That was extra innings. Peacock uh, took the loss in the 10th. Uh, Hector Neris pitched in the 8th. And did not pitch well. Thoughts on the Phillies bullpen? I don't think Hector Neris is really very good. Yeah, who who's the guy to own? I mean, so far the best has still been Sir Anthony, correct? I don't know. Like He's been the best pitcher, but has he been the best fantasy pitcher? He doesn't get any saves. No, but I guess the idea would be that he will, 
if he's the best pitcher in the bullpen, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. That's just what what we hope will happen. Um, yeah, Dominguez, he he looks like he could be one of those guys that is so versatile that they won't limit him to one inning. That's fine, but you could do what the Brewers have done with Josh Hader, and he's still getting saves twice a week. I don't know if that's true anymore. How many saves does Hader have since Knebel came back? That would also be like 56 saves over the course of a season. Be great. <laughs> that would be really good. Yes. Every time you have a lead after the seventh inning, you put in Sir Anthony Dominguez. Yeah, I think there's probably no reliever to own in Philly right now. Okay. Uh, Sergio Romo got a save, made it difficult. He gave up two runs on two hits in one inning and got the save at Oakland. Well, it's just hard to put a starter in that situation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And Felipe Vasquez pitched yesterday. He did not record a strikeout, but he had four swinging strikes on 11 pitches. So welcome back, Felipe Vasquez. It is Worryometer Wednesday. Zero to ten. How worried are you about the number six shortstop in points, number eight in roto, but the first one off the board on draft day, Trey Turner. Despite a nine-game hitting streak, in that nine-game hitting streak, only batting 293, does have four doubles, one walk, eight strikeouts uh, in those nine games. Trey Turner, Worryometer. I don't like – I feel stupid for taking him as early as I did, and I've moved Manny Machado ahead of everyone at shortstop. But I'm not worried about Trey Turner. He's on a, a, a worse pace than what we anticipated. I expect he will be fine. I'm not I, worried. I just – I'm worried in as much as I, I don't think he's going to steal 50 bases. And that was a big part of yeah. – like it wasn't just we expected him to steal 50 bases. We thought he might steal 70 bases. And he's on pace for, what, 38? 40. So he's, he's a little behind pace. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to wonder if Turner's better format might be points this year. And, and the thing is, he's been cold lately. He's slumping, Trey Turner. But he's hitting the cover off the ball. And he hits a lot of ground balls, so I don't know how the, how the home runs will be. But he's going to get a ton of plate appearances because he's been leading off, and I don't know what happens when Adam Eaton gets back. But I just, for some reason, I don't see them putting him fifth or sixth in the order again, Trey Turner. Um, I, I feel like, I don't know that anybody's selling him, but I feel like better no. times are ahead for Turner, who also got off to a slow start last year. I think it's it's also, I have a hard time. We've seen kind of three different versions of Trey Turner. Um, he's not probably going to be a 388 BABIP guy like he was as a rookie, but with his speed and batted ball profile, I have a hard time believing he's a 311 BABIP guy also. So I'm not like, if he's a 270 hitter, then yeah, I think he's definitely better in points. I still think he's probably going to be a 290 hitter. Yeah. I think he's going to be great in both, you know. It, yeah. Machado over Turner and. Yes. It, what about Correa? In points, I'll still take Turner stolen bases in Roto. Worryometer Wednesday for one of the more frustrating pitchers in fantasy, Michael Fulmer, who got lit up, gave up five runs in three and a third against the Angels yesterday. Michael Fulmer, Worryometer. Ten. Yeah, I, just thought, I don't I don't think he's very good. Is he droppable? He's 88% owned. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a lot of guys to pick up. You can drop Michael Fulmer if you need to. Worryometer on Marcelo Zuna. Three, like I, I still think he's very good. He's not going to be as good as he was last year. I don't think he's this bad. Two. 
Got a career-high 44.5% hard contact rate, but only a 29% fly ball rate for Ozuna. And I remember last time I brought up the hard contact rate, Chris, you mentioned that Ozuna was hitting his ground balls very hard, but not necessarily his fly balls, right? Yeah, let me see. He is 18th in average exit velocity on ground balls and 100th on fly balls. That's improved. For a while, he was, you know, in like the 25th percentile in average exit velocity for fly balls. So he's he's starting to show some better signs. Now that is someone, Marcelo Zuna, that I do think you could realistically get at a pretty nice discount right now. Yeah. Um, how about Luis Castillo? Bad start yesterday at Arizona. Worryometer. One. I'm going to say four because I, I kind of feel like we treated him as someone that was pat- – like what he's doing – like long term, I don't really have concerns about Luis Castillo. I still think he's a very good pitcher. But I, we've talked about this with some other young pitchers as well, the inconsistency and how maddening that can be. And that's just where it feels like he is right now. He can do the great things that we expected from him on a semi-regular basis, but he's still having these just terrible starts. Well, this is, this had been a a while though, right? I mean, Castillo had been on a pretty nice run, no? He was really bad in April. He had a 283 ERA with more than a strikeout per inning and good peripherals in, in May before this start. So I think it's probably, like, there was some thought that Luis Castillo might take the Luis Severino turn this year. That's not going to happen. And but he, yeah. I think he's going to be, like, the leagues where I have Luis Castillo in, there's no, even during the bad times, I don't think, I, I might have benched him one week. Uh, but I just, I have confidence that he's going to be good moving forward. Whether that's a, a mid-3 ZRA and a strikeout per inning as opposed to a low 2 or a, a high 2 ZRA with 10 strikeouts per 9, you know, He's going to be startable. I will say he's been much, much, much better in May, but this wasn't the only questionable start. He had a very fortunate start against the Cubs two outings ago where he walked five batters in five innings and somehow only gave up one run. Okay. All right, that's Luis Castillo. And finally, Worryometer Wednesday. Really probably should be Dropometer Wednesday for Marwin Gonzalez, who is 84% owned. He does have back-to-back games with two hits and a double, but he's just having a terrible season, Marwin Gonzalez. I don't understand how he's still 84%. I don't either. He, I looked and I was trying to see just how bad Ian Happ had been when I was writing that breakouts that haven't column. And as of yesterday, Ian Happ had scored more fantasy points than Marvin Gonzalez this year. I think this is something that happens a lot. And, and uh, I'll use this example with like, uh, oh my God, I can't believe, think, can't, can't think of the guy's name. That's going to be a bad example. I, it's First hard baseman to, for the Cardinals. Jose, Jose Martinez. Martinez. Jose Martinez versus uh, Jesus Aguilar. Okay. You go back to the start of last season, they've been pretty much the same hitter. You go, you look at this season, they've been very similar. I think Aguilar's actually been better. But Jose Martinez is, he came into the season with more hype, and he had a better April. And so these things, a lot of the narratives that we talk about in fantasy baseball kind of cement themselves very early on. It takes a while. So, you know, Marlon Gonzalez is someone that a lot of people bought into as someone that you can just slot into one of, what, five lineup spots and just never have to worry about him all season. I think that's probably why the ownership is still so high, even though maybe it shouldn't have been coming into the season. And, you know, the thing with Gonzalez is you look at Marwin's batted ball data, guys, it, it looks almost identical to last year's, except the home run to fly ball ratio is is way down. 
Uh, but I mean, like the hard contact, soft contact, it looks very similar. Does that mean that that he's going to turn it around? So I just never wanted Marwin Gonzalez because he had one good year in a in a pretty bad hitting career. I just I don't tend to not buy into those players. Yeah, yeah. If I was looking at his batted ball data, I would not say that what he did last year is what I would expect from a player with that batted ball data. Okay. So I I don't think I don't expect two twenty six either. But it's going to probably be somewhere in the middle. And the one thing that has changed this year, he was striking out 19% of the time last year. It's over 25% this year. Yeah, I just I, I think the easier answer is just he's probably going to be what he was before last year. And that is not a player worth owning. All righty. Uh, double dongs yesterday. Oh, oh, question. So let me promote the uh, Sportsline DFS podcast. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, this is one of the greatest things in Dong Chasers history. Yeah, so I'm going to guess the answer is no. But, uh, so Dong Chasers is a, is a contest that we do every day where we pick a guy who's going to homer. And based on his price in Daily Fantasy, uh, we get points if he does homer. If he double dongs, we get more points. If he triple dongs, forget it. And if you get, um, if you get a home run like Four days. What's a dong train? Three days in a row. Three days in a row. I'm going for a dong train tonight because I did catch a dong from Matt Carpenter last night. People all over the world. Yeah, exactly. Did I catch a dong last night, Heath? Oh, Adam, <laughs> the dong that got away. <laughs> Adam, last week, Chris, you can help me make the ruling on this. Last week, he, um, I don't remember who he picked. Ah, jerks and Profar. Yeah, I picked Profar. Profar wasn't in the lineup. We didn't tell him until after the games had started. Mm-hmm. He didn't get a dong that day. Then you can get an opportunity to dong. Sure. So yesterday he sends that he would like David Dull, but he'd like Nolan Arenado as a backup in case Dull's not in the lineup. <laughs> so David Dull was not in the lineup. I think that counts. Nolan Arenado did not dong. Okay, then no. That what? What's the controversy? David Dull pinch hit and dong later. Oh in the game. no, that doesn't count. Not at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no dong Absolutely. for Adam Hazer. <laughs> even even I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but I will say to you, Chris Towers. Uh, if you just give me one second, I will say to you, thank you for regulating. Uh, You're welcome. More to come with regulation. All right, Brett Gardner double-dong last night, and he is the number 33 outfielder in points, number 38 in Roto, uh, buoyed by his how many runs? 37 runs in 47 games, and he has three homers in his last four games, Brett Gardner. Evan Longoria really has not had a great year. But he homered twice yesterday at Colorado. He's now the number 13 third baseman in fantasy. Third base, not so great this year. Uh, Luis Valbuena homered twice. We don't care. As Drupal Cabrera, he homered twice. And he is the 10th best shortstop in points, 7th in Roto. You know, he's been, he, he'd cooled off, but, but not, not like super cold. And continues, as Drupal continues to have a good season. Do you have anything to say about Gardner, Longoria, Luis Valbueno, or is Drupal Cabrera? As, as Drupal is good. He is good. Evan Longoria is having an Evan Longoria season. I, I feel like. He's on pace uh, for like 27 home runs and 160 combined runs in RBI while hitting 260. He's, he's going to finish as a top 12 third baseman. He'll probably never be a top 12 third baseman. He is not going to finish as a top 12 third baseman. I don't know. If he plays 150 games. Right. Like if he, he tends to stay healthy. He's 13th so right now. Right, and someone ahead of him is going to get hurt, and Evan Longoria never gets hurt. But he's going to be like the least – like it's going to be one of those situations where he's a top 12 third baseman, but nobody ever actually considers him a top right. 12 third baseman at any point in the season. He's Adam Jones if Adam Jones played third base. Sure. Okay, and uh, Drupal Cabrera is somebody I definitely want to sell. You guys don't agree? Uh, he's not this for, good. For what? 
I I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> like I can't think of what I would sell. Like, like, do you think that not in our leagues, but in a you know a league that's not fantasy experts, I could get Luis Castillo for his Jubal Cabrera? No, 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 I don't. Do you think I could get Zach Godley? No, I don't. I think so, actually. Yeah, there was like we got a ton of emails and tweets last week. Well, I think you could have yesterday. Of, like, Zach Godley's terrible. He's a bum. I, I think I think you could. Zach Godley still his overall numbers are still pretty mediocre. I think you absolutely could. I think maybe you could get like Carlos Rodon. I would not want Carlos Rodon. Right, let's talk about Carlos Rodon. Yeah, let's do it. You know, I I I understand the stashing him and all that, and I know you're very high on him. I'm very skeptical that he's going to come back from a serious sh- is a shoulder injury. Yes, that would help my argument if I knew. A serious shoulder injury and be a be anything more than like a he's got great matchups streamer kind of guy. He's not going to get wins. He he walks everybody. I don't know how many quality stars Carlos Rodon's going to get. Like I'm not I'm not by I'm not all in on Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I question that he walks everybody. He had a season with 2.9 walk per nine. Um, he's got a terrible history of, of only wild. two walks in 12 and two thirds innings on his rehab. Assignment. He has a career 3.8, which is too high, but he has an ex- extremely good strikeout stuff. And I don't know that this was a serious shoulder injury. He had surgery to relieve bursitis. Like it's not like he had thoracic outlets in room or something. I, yeah. There's there's no such thing as a minor shoulder surgery. Well, but it doesn't have to be major. All shoulder injuries are major? No. Relatively like there are there are levels, sure, but okay. there is there this is, is a, no there is no level at which somebody coming back from a shoulder injury should not be a concern. I'm I was very saying. excited about Rodon going into last year, Heath. And I know you so were. So basically too. it's just you got really excited and now you are not going to get burned again. A little bit because the walks okay. came back and now he's coming off a shoulder injury. Oh, he, he wasn't healthy last year. Like that, he, he is still twenty five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has elite strikeout stuff. I, well, I put in a bid for him yesterday and the, I didn't get him because I put in a higher bid for Marco Gonzalez and I did get him. But I, I look, I am interested in owning Rodon. I'm just, I kind of, I'm not, me, I'm not convinced. What I need to see, and, and I think I wrote about him yesterday uh, in the waiver wire column. I think he should be added. He's someone who should be owned in probably anything deeper than a 12-team league, especially if you, if you have I think the he's on the 12-team um, But what I need to see is when he comes back, how does the changeup look? That's always going to be the question for us. We know he can get lefties out. There's no question about that. The question for him is whether he can become – even average against right-handed pitcher, uh, right-handed batters, and if he can, he can be a very good pitcher. Um, the problem for him in the past is he just hasn't had the ability to get swings and misses against righties, and the changeup has l- always been the pitch that he needed to develop. The slider is one of the best pitches in baseball. If he can do that, Carlos Rodon has the potential to make a Blake Snell type jump. Right, and Snell's a guy who had terrible control issues, so. He was Blake Snell before Blake Snell. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, finish up here from yesterday and get into Grade the Trade and Regulators and today's matchups. It's Alex Reyes night, by the way. Unless that's a day game. Uh, whatever it is, I'll be watching. So, seven man rotation. Give me a quick thought. Give me a couple sentences on each of the following. 
Charlie Morton, 10 strikeouts, two homers, but 10 strikeouts at the Yankees last night. He's really good. He's incredible. Mike Clevenger, only 61 strikeouts good. in, sorry, uh, Heath, my bad. Only 61 strikeouts in 71 and two thirds, but having a nice year, Mike Clevenger. He's quite good. Not as good as Charlie Morton. Very good. Must start, Mike Clevenger? Must start, yeah, yes. Dylan Bundy gave up 11 hits, but only three runs at, uh, against Washington. Gave up two homers. That gives him 16 home runs allowed this year. Dylan Bundy. He's fine. He's pretty good. Not as good as Clevenger. No. Michael Walker, guys. 271 ERA. He was very fortunate. He was fortunate yesterday, but the peripherals said that he was a good pitcher last year. He had, you know, good FIP, good Sierra. Not good, but good enough that he should have been someone that you could rely on in fantasy. And he has continued to have those peripherals this season. All of a sudden, the, the results back it up. He's not as good as Bundy, who's not as good as Clevenger, who's not as good as Morton. But he should be owned as much as he is. He's worth starting. This is what Mike Matheny said about Michael Waka. He's not relying on just the fastball changeup. He has altered his mechanics to be able to make the high pitch and to get right back to being in the bottom of the zone when he wants to. It's a lot harder than it sounds. Uh, Rick Porcello, two earned runs uh, in six and two-thirds against Toronto without Josh Donaldson. Rick Porcello. I think it's like a it's like a Russian nesting doll. And so we're just going down the list. That's about to get blown up. Rick Porcello is not as good as my, eh, he's probably about as good as Michael Walker. I'll put Porcello above Walker, below the rest of the guys. And I think there's a lot of similarities between Porcello and Walker. Okay. Adam's just going to Google Russian nesting doll right now. Seriously? Don't know what you're it's talking about. It's the little about. dolls that they're inside of a doll and then you open the one up and there's another one inside of it. Oh, oh, okay. You never had those. No, I never the, had a Russian. The coolest Marlins giveaway they ever did was a Mike Lowell Russian nesting doll of all of his Miami uniforms. Oh, that is cool. His Miami Christian, his FIU, and then his Miami Marlins. That was very cool. God, you you never stop talking about FIU on this podcast. You're just just the worst. Blake Go Snell. Panthers. <laughs> did they make the uh tournament? I have no idea. Oh, you're the worst. Blake Snell, guys, five and two thirds, one unearned run, seven strikeouts at Oakland. He's awesome. He might. Is he better than Clevenger? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Is he better than Morton? No. He's not better than Morton, but he's right in there. He's range. more likely to stay healthy than Charlie Morton. Is Blake Snell ready? Better than Archer? I'm gonna say no. Maybe. Tyson Ross struggled yesterday. <laughs> Three runs. Maybe that, what happened? Did you were you watching that game, Chris? No. I, I no. Because he was, I think he only gave up one run through five innings and then just could not get through the sixth. Yeah, that's a bummer. So no big deal, right, for Ross? I'm not worried about him. I Maybe somebody will drop him because of the start and I can pick him up. Frenchy starting pitchers, how would you rank these guys? Oh, wait, let me go back real quick. Would you uh, Would you start Rick Porcello at Houston this weekend? No. No. All right, now Frenchy starting pitchers. Kyle Freeland. Better at home than on the road. He's got two starts next week at Cincinnati, home against Arizona. Dan Straley struggled at the Padres. Nick Tropiano and Jeremy Hellickson. I don't have a lot of interest in any of these guys. Freeland at Cincinnati, home versus Arizona next week. That might be fine for starting, but I think he's probably over-owned at 71%. Yeah, I, wa- I watched quite a bit of Freeland last night. A couple of things, and I hadn't noticed this about him before, 
I don't know how his delivery is legal, but he does that thing where he oh. gets to the top of his windup and then he just stops mm. and stays in the whatever yoga pose that is and then throws the baseball. Two, he throws one of my favorite pitchers pitches in baseball. The Rockies announcers were talking about how good his cutter has been this year, comparing him to uh, Mariano Rivera. Ah, yes. And that's probably sure. unfair. Yes. And it turns out that MLB and some of the other systems classify it as a slider, yeah. which is just the, the best pitch. That happens all the time. I was like, I mean, I was pretty sure that David Price was throwing sliders, but Jerry Remy kept calling it a cutter. He probably knows, but it certainly looked like a slider. I mean, they're there's, similar for a lot of pitchers. There's like Cole Hamels technically throws both a slider and a cutter. There's very little difference between the two of them, but they are two distinct pitches. That that happens all the time, and I guess it it just depends on what the pitcher wants to call it. One other bad starting pitcher that was terrible last night that I thought could sneak by the Rangers. I'm not going to tell you that Felix can do it against a bad match, good matchup anymore. I'm not even putting him in the notes. Like, it, just he, drop him already. He had three yeah. miles per hour of separation between his fastball and his changeup. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. That's not good. All right, guys. Let's regulate. Yes. This is my favorite part of the podcast. Now, listen, Heath. You are not allowed to just say, get rid of vetoes, okay? We know how everybody well, feels how about vetoes. Well, how do people stop? Like, how— why are you still sending us emails saying these guys vetoed my trade when you know what the response is? No, it's that, that we have to give different responses. All right, Alex in DC. I mean, this is the, the best groove ever. Dear Uncle Leo Newman and Bob Sacamano. I actually don't know the Bob Sacamano or whatever reference in Seinfeld. Um, commissioner of a 12 team head to head points league and a team in my league tied two weeks in a row on stat corrections. The next morning for both weeks, he messaged me angry, and I told him, it's not like I planned it. What are the chances of this, and should I do anything as a commissioner? P.S. I cannot picture Heath without white hair. There's no question here. The only question here is, why do you picture Heath with white hair? Yeah. Hmm. I bet it looks pretty good with white hair. You're starting to go starting to go gray. Only in the beard. Yeah. No gray hairs on top of my head. Um, two, what? two weeks in a row, he gets a stack correction, and he ends up tying. Yeah, I don't think there's any issue here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Don't don't do the stupid tiebreakers. Ties are better than those stupid bench tiebreakers. Yeah. And consider that one regulated. <laughs> I meant I did not mean to come in at that point of the song. I meant to come in right here. Alright, this is from somebody from the Great White North. Ten team head to head league. The league creator has employed the two start starting pitcher strategy since week one. And he, has, as a result, remained undefeated. So he just streams two-star pitchers. My issue with this is that minutes after the game start, he drops three or four pitchers just to pick up the next two-star pitchers. In my opinion, this infringes on team dropping and is an unfair tactic to the rest of the players in this league. There's no rule against doing it, but I feel it is an unfair way of playing in head-to-head leagues, and it limits, limits all the other teams in the process. Do you guys feel this is an ethical way of playing fantasy baseball? Let's go. Let's go back. Check the tape. Actually, we can just read the question then the answer. Do you guys feel this is an ethical way of playing fantasy baseball? Answered by there is no rule against doing this. I mean, okay, well, look, right, hold let's, on, hold on. Yeah. Whether there's a rule against something does not mean that that thing is. You know what my ethics ethical. are in fantasy baseball? What are the rules? That, I will play within. That's those. not the the way it works. Something can be 
There legal. are different types. There can be legal rule loopholes. Not in fantasy baseball. Yeah, oh sure there can. Maybe in real life. Sure there are. There are there are ethical things that are illegal and there are unethical things in that fantasy are legal. baseball? Yes. I can't think of any. This this strikes like <laughs> this is cheap. No, bull- you should change the rule. Like it's cheap. It's, I, this I is had not, to just refrain myself. Yeah, yeah, This is did. what happens this when is you not, get people that don't want to try as hard as they can. This is not rewarding. And they think, let's just hold everyone else back so I don't have to try This is harder. not rewarding. Kudos to the guy. It's rewarding hard work. This is not rewarding the person who puts together the best roster. This is rewarding the person who is most willing to try bend the rules no and, it's not bending the rules it's bending it's, the it's against the spirit of the no the it's rules. it may be against the spirit of the leagues you like to play in you don't have to play in leagues like this i understand some people don't like leagues like this let but me, if you let are me recap. In a change the rule let me no. recap what he's doing just in case people have forgotten he picks up two star pitchers the second lineup's lock he drops them he picks up next week's two star pitchers and it's really i don't think it's next work. weeks i think it's next days i think this is a day yeah i think it's a monday and tuesday thing I, I don't know. It says the I next two start starting pitcher. Um, I, well, it doesn't matter. Look, honestly, if you don't want him to do it, do it yourself change or change the rule. Do it yourself. Well, he is the commissioner, the guy that's doing it. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't have wield supreme executive authority. Well, he's not, he the, commi- he's he's not commissioner. the commissioner. He's not the commissioner. I never said that. Oh, he is the league creator. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's the commissioner. Yeah, it doesn't mean. <laughs> yeah. okay. George Washington First, isn't the president. Bottom line. <laughs> Know your rules. Yeah, I'm fine with it, honestly. Just, and I'm surprised it's been so effective, but it is a 10 team league. So I would, I would make a rule about it in the off season, but for the, in the meantime, just do it better than he does. Okay, this is from Brett. I'm in a 20 year 12 team points league with a lot of pride and history. Awesome. Recently, some teams have decided when they don't like a trade offer they've received, they will screenshot the trade offer and text it around to the league to point out how bad the offer is. One of these was as a so-called horrible um, trade was receiving Altuve for Chris Sale. It's not bad. Uh, the commissioner has no way of stopping it and appears to not want to prevent it, even if he did. I think this is an embarrassment to fantasy baseball. Should you agree, I would like you to publicly admonish this league by name in front of the whole fantasy baseball community. I would like to publicly congratulate this league. Yeah, in front of the whole. Great. You've made it 20 years with a group of whether you're friends or not, playing fantasy baseball, I would hope you're all making fun of each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we, but, but there is somewhat of like a strategy thing. Like going out and, and revealing someone else's trade offers is a little like, sketchy. I tend to – so the the fantasy football league I'm in with all my college buddies, we we talk a lot of crap. We have a, a fantasy – we have a we have a Facebook group where we, we, we talk and – I usually will make fun of trade offers. I will name the person who makes a trade offer. That's bad, but right. I won't. Oh, don't. I won't. Don't say it. Post the. Don't say it. What? You have literally tweeted oh, trade yeah. offers that we have received <laughs> for the people league. In my defense, <laughs> to thousands of people. In my defense, <laughs> that person stopped sending bad offers. There right, it worked. All right, that's it for regulation. Let's finish up with today's matchups. Sam Gavilio, Eduardo Rodriguez. I'll start Erod. Erod. Alex Reyes at Junior Guerra. Let's start Alex Reyes. Let's do it. Yay. That's nope. a 1 o'clock start, by the way. Yeah. No Guerra today? That fun to watch. And I believe that is a uh, Facebook game. Oh. That's that's gross. Oh, are you serious? 
You're right. It is a Facebook game. Yeah. Facebook right. games. Uh, Alex Reyes, yes, but no Junior Guerra? No. Uh, no. Ronaldo Lopez at Corey Clubber. Corey Clubber. Yep. Uh, Sal Romano at Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin. Corbin. Dallas Kuchel at Luis Severino. Sort of both. Both. I'll just be mispronouncing names. Kyle Hendricks at Joe Musgrove. Oh, that's one to watch. Yeah, I'll start them both. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what Joe Musgrove does in his second start. Start Max Scherzer, sit David Hess. Shohei Otani at Mike Fires. Start Shohei Otani. Yep. Jason Vargas at Julio Teheran. Start to run. Uh, no. No, no Teheran? No, he's terrible. Fernando Romero at Brad Keller. Ooh, this is a matchup of the night. Look at those ERAs. Yeah. Um, you know, for Romero. Start Romero. Take a look at Keller, though. He was very good in relief. They're stretching him out. I don't expect he'll pitch long, but I'm curious to see how the four innings or so go. Derek Holland at John Gray. Uh, uh Gray. Yeah, I think I'd start Gray. Nate Eovaldi at Sean Manea. Manaya, I am very interested to see what Evaldi does. Uh, we haven't seen him pitch since 2016. But I've stashed him in a couple spots. Jose Arena and Clayton Richard. No, thank you. Yeah, probably not. I don't, Jose Arena is not the worst streaming option in the world, but. Although, probably. Adam, fun fact about Clayton Richard since you brought him up. Yeah. Do you know what Clayton Richard has in common with Doug Fister, they're bad. And Jason Hamill, they're bad. Two syllable last names. This is an easy game. Since the start of 2016, they all three have a better ERA than Sonny Gray. <laughs> Matt Moore and James Paxton. <laughs> Shut up. Start Paxton. <laughs> yeah. And Zach Eflin at Ross Stripling. I will start Stripling. What? Please don't. <laughs> don't start Stripling. Just move on. Okay. I don't know what happened, and I don't want to know. And that is it for today's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll come back tomorrow with some buy or sell. See you later.